Uh, tonight we're going to look at a story that I've been uh, studying over the last few weeks, and um, it goes along with the message I preached last last Sunday. So if you wasn't here last Sunday, don't worry about it because uh, it's a it's sort of the same but kind of different. All in all, just uh, it's enjoy it's a joy to be in God's house and reading God's word and preaching God's word. And I just hope it's a help to you. It was a help to me as I was studying it. And so tonight I'll have you to take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 17. Uh, Luke chapter 17 tonight. And continue praying for Brother Toby and his family. They're having a great time out there. So continue praying for them. We miss them here. I miss him. I know you guys miss him too. And uh, I really enjoyed the message this morning. Brother Kerry and the, his heart and what he had to say for us this morning. And what God spoke to my heart. And I do appreciate the message this morning. And uh, I know that anytime God's word goes out, it's not going to be turned void. And I love how God's word is perfect, true, and tried. And it'll be here to, uh, till the end. I mean, forever. God's word is always going to be here. It's always going to stand. And it's good to see uh, Seth here back tonight and your brother. I miss you guys, praying for you guys and your family, and you in our hearts tonight. So I want you to know about that. But uh, when you find your place in Luke chapter 17, we're going to read one verse tonight in Luke chapter 17. And uh, well, the verse reading is verse number 10. So when you find your place, I'll have you stand for the reading. Luke chapter 17 and verse number 10. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded to you, Say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for a chance to be in your house tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your people, for the church. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here to preach your word. I pray, God, you help me tonight, Lord. Just help me to stand here and say what you've given me. Give me clarity of thoughts, Lord. Uh, touch my mouth, Lord. Help me to say what needs to be said. I pray, Lord, help our hearts tonight to hear what you have us to, say, uh, have us to hear, Lord. Help us, Lord, to, to just... Apply it to our lives and take us out to this world to live for you, to be a light for this world. We thank you, Lord, for uh, what you've done for us in this morning service, Lord. I ask you to be with us tonight. Help us, Lord, to bring your, your word forth. And may we uh, honor and glorify you in all that we do, Lord. I pray, I pray that you please hide me, Lord, behind the cross. And that you be honored and glorified in all that I say, all that I do. I love you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for what you've done for my life, Lord. We ask all these things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So Luke chapter 17 is the verse... Uh, that I really want to apply to my message tonight. Um, but the scripture I'm going to go to first is actually 1 Kings uh, chapter 18. So 1 Kings chapter 18. We'll turn there first. And uh, I'm going to preach a little message on uh, servitude. Servitude. And uh, I use this verse as like a like a, a, a intro because I want to live life, my Lord, as a, a, a profitable servant. Not just an unprofitable, but a profitable servant. I want to do what he's commanded me to do, but also above and beyond if I can, if he'll help me. So tonight, in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 42, we'll read a few verses here. And the first servant I'm going to preach about is uh, the servant to uh, Elijah. And so we'll pick up in verse number 42. It says, So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to, top of Car- went up to the top of Carmel. And he has cast himself down upon the earth, and put his face between his knees, and said to his servants, Go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab 
to the entrance of Jezreel. In chapter 19, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Bathsheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. So tonight, the first servant I want to look at is a servant of Elijah. And this servant, he's an obedient servant. How do we see that? Because he does what Elijah tells him to do. He just saw Elijah do something amazing on Mount Carmel. He, uh, he, he saw God send down the fire from the heavens to, to burn up the altar. And he saw Elijah slay the, uh, the prophets of Baal, all 450 of them. And so this servant just saw amazing, wonderful things just now. And he's still, he's, he's walking with Elijah. He's, he's doing what Elijah's asking him to do. He's being obedient. And then it comes down to verse number, uh, verse 40, 43. He's not only obedient, but he also he's observant. In verse 43, he's looking. Elijah's like, go up and look. Go up and look. So he goes up and he looks. And he's like, I see nothing. Elijah, I come back. I'm telling you, there's nothing up there. All I see is just, you know, blue skies. There's, there's nothing. He comes back down and tells Elijah, he's like, Elijah, listen, go back up. He's like, go back up there and look seven times. Uh, tonight in my life, how often am I looking for something of God and God to do something, but I don't see it right away. So I'm like, all right, well, it ain't there. I guess I'll walk away and go and go somewhere else. I'm reminded by God, say, listen, just because you don't see it right away, it doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. Keep going back. Keep looking. This servant, he's obeying Elijah. He's going back to look to see what Elijah wants him to see, what God has for him. So tonight in your life, I remind you, it's not only to be obedient to the word of God, listen to what God tells us to do, but when you don't see something right away, when you're praying for something, when you want something done in your life, you don't see it right away, keep going back. Keep going back. Keep going to the word. Going back to pray. It might take more than two times to pray for something, four times to pray for something. It might take seven times to pray for something. But we know that God's faithful to us. He's always been faithful. So you don't see it right away. Just keep going. Keep pursuing. Keep obeying God and keep looking for the things of God. Because here in a minute, we'll see what happens to the servant after he continues to go back and look. In verse 44, it says, he goes up and he says, well, I see a little cloud. It's like a man's hand. I put in here in my notes here. I love how this, this, the Bible describes this little cloud as a man's hand. Um, a lot of times in my life, looking back on where I was, I didn't, I have not lived a perfect life. I was saved when I was nine years old. Uh, it was said this morning in the preaching. Uh, Brother Taylor said it on Friday night. Being saved at a young age, most of the worst things I've done was after I got saved. And that's hard to look back at. I've not been perfect, but God's faithful and God's mercy has kept me where I am today. And here I am preaching right now to you guys. So I look back on my life and I see how God's hand has always been there. And in the Bible, the, the, he describes that cloud as a, as a man's hand. I'm sure you all can say the same thing. You look back on your life, you don't know how you got there, but you know you can slip back and say, you know, God's hand was right there. He was guiding me. He was directing me. And if you're saved tonight, guess what? I got, I got better news for you. You're in his hand. And you won't be plucked out. No matter what happens, you're in his hand. And you're, nothing will happen to you because you're in God's hand. You have eternity, eternal life with Jesus Christ our Lord. That's something we can all have assurance and, and hope and peace to knowing we're in God's hands tonight. So tonight, if you're going through something and you're looking for something, you want to find God to provide a way for you, just wait. Just wait. It's in God's timing. And one day, when you see God's hand come up, and God's like, I'm right here. The next thing you know, what happens here? He don't only see the man's hand, a little cloud, but in verse number 45, it says, And it came to pass, in the meanwhile, 
The heaven was black with clouds and winds, and there was a great rain. It went from nothing to a little hen to black clouds and rain. God is so good to us. It might start small, but the next thing you know, his mercy and his goodness, his abundance, and the whole entire sky is full of just blessings that's being poured out on us. Uh, I'm a blessed man. I live a very blessed life. I don't deserve it, but God's he's been so good to me. He's given you his church, my wife, my family. So how do I get here? <laughs> By God's mercy. But I, I, I try my best to be obedient. The servant, he's obedient. Not only is he obedient, but he's observing. He's looking for the things of God. Are we obeying God's word, and are we looking for God in our life? Eyes open all the time, looking up, not down, looking up for the Lord. And the third thing tonight, not only obedient and not only observant, but in chapter 19, in verse number 3, it says, And when he saw that, this is Elijah, when he, when he saw that letter from Jezebel, uh, Jezebel didn't like the fact that Elijah's God was was real and her God wasn't, and, that he, and then that Elijah slew all of her prophets. She didn't like that. So she wrote a letter to Elijah and said, listen, if you're not dead by tomorrow, uh, that's going to be something else. So he sends, she sends this letter, and Elijah reads it. And Elijah, he fears for his life. And so in verse number 3, it says, he left his servant there in, in Beersheba. So I don't only see this, this servant who was with Elijah for this little short time. But then I see the servant, he was... He was okay to being left there in that city. And maybe he was okay with this because he knew he was, his life was in jeopardy. Maybe he saw the letter or maybe Elijah told him the letter. Listen, hey, man, Jezebel's coming for us. She's going to kill us. So I'm going to leave you here and I'm going to go away because you're safer without me. You're safer on your own by yourself. She's after me. She's not after you. So maybe the servant was like, okay, you know, I feel safe then. I'll stay here in this city and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. While the servant was obedient to hearing what Elijah had for him, hearing Elijah say, stay here, don't come with me, he did listen, but he was only okay with it. In your life tonight, I encourage us all to be obedient. We, we need to be obedient. The, the Bible commands us to be obedient. First Samuel fifteen twenty two says, obedience is better than sacrifice. We need to obey God's word. And if you live a, if you live a Christian life, you come to church three times a week, you pray, you read your Bible, you witness, you all those great things, praise the Lord. That's a wonderful Christian life. You're being obedient to the Lord. That's, that's what, we, what we want to do in our life. Myself, I, I've challenged myself not to be just obedient, but not to be just okay with where I am. I'm here with you guys tonight, but I want to be like, God, what else can I do for you? You know, I'm, I'm going to do what I can for you in the Word, in the Scriptures, but what else can I do? Coming to this church three times a week, that's, that's very comfortable for me. I love being here. It's easy to come here to see you guys. It's easy to come to church. I'm comfortable. I feel safe here. This servant, he's comfortable. He feels safe in this place. What if this servant would have been like, Elijah, listen, I appreciate you being you know, nice to me. I appreciate you want me to stay here and be safe, but I want to be with you. The power of God is on you. You have God on you. I want the presence of God in my life. Thank you for caring about me, but I don't want to be safe. I want to be where you are. How many missionaries, we have a whole entire list of missionaries. How many of those missionaries are going through hard times right now that are suffering? They're fearing for their life every single day. They don't know if the next meal is going to come. They don't know if they're going to be executed the next day. The fear they must live in. The, the, the one family a few weeks ago, the Gall family, they, they really touched my heart to knowing the fear that they were going to go through. There's other missionaries facing the same thing in China and Africa. Who knows what's going on? 
But the fear they face is nothing but the glory they're going to see one day. This servant, he could have been okay with where he was, or he could be like, I'm not staying here. I love you, Elijah. I obey you, but right now, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to go with you. And I say all that to say this. If you notice tonight, this servant is only in the, the Bible for a few verses. He's on the scene, and he's off the scene, and the next thing you know, he's, he's gone. If he would have not stayed there in that, in, that, in that city, but went with Elijah, how much more would he have seen? How much more glory would he have seen? How much more could we have heard about this servant? We don't know, because he was just okay with where he was. It was a safe place. Tonight, I challenge us all, I challenge myself personally, not to be just okay with where I am, to go more for God, to grow more for God, to look for God. So that's the first servant tonight. The second servant, we all know this guy. <laughs> um, turn to check, second, second, uh, second Kings, a few pages over, Second Kings chapter number 2. So obedience, observant of God's word, and just being okay with where you are. Not being complacent, being more for God, doing more for God. I'll even say this um, before I get on to the second, the second servant. I heard a man, a man preach a few weeks ago about your comfort zone. I'm really, I'm really trying to get out of that. If you guys can't tell, he preached the message on how do you know God won't use you? How do you know God won't take you where you want to go? Have you asked Him? You know, have you asked to be a missionary? Have you asked to be an evangelist? Have you asked to do something? Have you asked to go to uh, a nursing home to be an, a, a volunteer, to be a witness? Have you asked hospitals? If you can go to the hospitals and hand out tracts at the door, have you asked these things? Have you asked God if he could use you more? I'm like, have I asked God if he could use me more? I, it really touched my, touched my heart because I'm like, man, I hear I'm preaching and I'm witnessing and I have a job, but am I asking God if I can do more for him? I asked him to save me. He did that. Praise the Lord. And that's more than enough he could do for me. But what can I do for him? What more can I do for God? I encourage us all tonight. What more can we do? Are we asking God? Because his power is limitless. We cannot, put, we cannot limit a power of God that's limitless. I encourage you and I challenge you all to ask God what more he can do with your life. And I know that some of us can't do as much as we used to. And I know some of us can do more than we, we, want, we want to and should do. But we all can all can pray the same God and ask God to use us tonight. The second one is in 2 Kings chapter number 1. I'm sorry, chapter number 2. I'm sorry. In verse number 1. And it says, And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went to Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said to him, As the Lord liveth, and as our soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elijah and said to him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said to him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as our soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elijah and said to him, Knowest thou the Lord will take away thy master from the head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold you your peace. Third time now. And Elijah said to him, Tarry, I pray thee here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. You see that right there? I, the first thing I see when I see Elijah here, or Elisha, is he's, he's, a, he's persistent, you know. Uh, he's tenacious. He's like, Listen, 
I want to hold on to you, Elijah. I don't want you to leave me. You can tell me to stay here, but I won't go where you are. I know God's in your life. I know the power of God's in your life. I know the presence of God's in your life, and I want to be where you are. If Elijah would have stayed back, or if Elisha would have stayed, I'm going to get those confused a lot tonight. If Elijah would have told Elisha to stay where he is, we wouldn't have fought Elisha. He's obeying Elijah. Elijah said him to stay, so Elisha's like, all right, I'll stay, and you go on. Elisha's like, no, <laughs> listen, Elijah, I, I love you. I want to go with you. You are, God's all over you. I want to be where God is. I don't care what you say. I want to be where you are and with God. And he goes, he's like, over and over, three times now, three times in two, in verse two, four, and six, he's like, I want to go where you are. He was determined to see more. Elisha was. He didn't care what, what, what else was going on. <laughs> only thing he had his mindset on was following and staying with Elisha. Tonight, the only thing outside of this church here, there's a lot of chaos going on, is our mind focused and just staying around God's word and following God's word the entire time, no matter what happens around us. Where's our heads? Where's our mindset? Where's our passion? Where's our desire? And I say passion because there's a lot of things in this world that I'm passionate. I mean, as far as like family, I love my family. I love my friends. I love to travel. I love hiking. I love sports. It's a passion for me. But if I'm not careful, those things will get in the way and they'll block my, 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 my following of the Lord, my following of the Bible. Why do I say that? Because sometimes if I have a, a, a very busy day, will I spend my two to three hours reading the Bible? Or will other things get in the way because I, I, I crave other things? I'm flesh just like you. I'm sure we're, nobody's perfect tonight. And Elijah's not perfect. And Elijah's not perfect. But Elijah saw that God was real and God was worth it. And no matter what was going around him, he was going to follow Elijah and God through anything and everything. He has determination. He has passion. He, he's, he wants to follow the Lord. He wants to follow Elijah. And where is our passion being directed tonight? Is it towards uh, something else? Like right now, it's Sunday night. It's currently 6.30, and our week starts tomorrow. We could be sitting here tonight. We could be thinking about, you know, tomorrow's Monday. My work schedule going to be crazy this week. Uh, you got kids. Maybe school's going to be crazy this week. All these things can distract us from the Word of God. All these things can distract us what God wants for our lives. It's easy to get distracted. It happens to me. There's sometimes I'll be sitting in church. Now, I'll admit to it. I'm flat. I'll be sitting in church sometimes, listening to preaching. I'm in it, and all of a sudden, something distracts me. My mind goes somewhere else. I'm like, wait, how did I get there? Come back, you know? It's what happens. <laughs> this morning, the, the illustration of Brother Carey, our, 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 our brains, you know, it goes in one ear, out the other. Next thing you know, you walk out the door. Maybe you heard two of the four points. If it's Brother Toby, you heard four of the 16 points. I don't know, but whatever happens... Our minds can really easily get distracted and fall out of sync of what's being said. And it's easy to be that way because we're flesh and we're human. But by the grace of God, with the help of God, we can stay focused on God's word and not be distracted by what's going around us. So where is your passion aimed towards? Here for Elisha, his passion is aimed for Elijah and for God. Focusing in, being being, uh, just more determined to live for the Lord. The second thing I see with Elisha, is he was timely. In verse number 11, it says, And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by whirlwind unto heaven. The first part of that verse, it says, As they still went on and talked. Are we still walking and talking with our Lord? Are we still living for the Lord? I hope if the Lord has come back, he's not called me home 30 years from now, 40 years from now. I hope they see me and say, Zach, you're still serving God? You're still preaching? Yeah, I'm still serving God. I'm still preaching. 
I'm still going to church. Elijah and Elisha, they still went on. Elisha didn't turn away. He didn't turn aside. He kept going with Elijah. Tonight, are you going to keep going? Are you going to keep coming to church? Every time the doors open, are you going to keep coming in? We have a lot of a lot of events at Walridge. This is the most active church I've ever been a part of, right? <laughs> it's crazy. I've not been to all the events this year, whether it's sickness, travel, uh, vacations, uh, family. I've not been to all the events, and I probably won't go to the rest of the events this year. I don't know. You never know. But what I do know is even with all the events going on, and even this church, how involved they are, if I can't make it, I can be here in spirit because I'm praying for this church, for each and every one of you guys. You guys mean so much to me, and I want to be able to be a part of your your your, your service because I want to serve with you. I want to be part of your lives, to live with you. I want to have this church, you know, be like a family because it is a family. With all the events going on, though, if we're not able to be a part of it, we can always pray. We can always be here in spirit. And if we do that, I promise you this. If you spend time not only praying for yourself and your family, but praying for each one of here tonight, if you say their names, just write their name down. Write a few names down a week, five names a week, you know. If you do that, you'll grow closer to that person without even knowing it. How do I know? I've done it. I've learned more names. And I've, I've learned to like, love you more because I don't know you that well, all of you, but because I pray for you, God has God is love. God shows us his love. And when, when I pray and talk to him, it's like he opens up more of a desire, more of a, a burden, more of a, just a, 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 a likeness, to be more like him because he's perfect. And when I see him when I pray, and I see you guys when I pray, I see your faces, and I'm like, you know, I pray for them. I say, I say this, our walk and our talk with the Lord not only brings us closest with him, but it brings us closest with one another. Why do I say that? Because Elisha and Elijah were like, they were close. Elisha even called Elijah his father. He said, my father, my father, in verse number uh, 12. He thought of Elijah as his father. Why? Because they walked and they talked with each other. They stayed close together. Are we walking and talking with our Lord tonight? Are we staying close to him? Are we living a life pleasing to him? And so we see this, and then in uh, verse number, uh, let's see here, verse number 12, at the very end, it says, And Elijah went up by whirlwind into heaven. If Elisha had turned away and not seen this, Elisha would have missed out on that blessing that Elijah promised him. Elisha would have been somewhere else, and all of a sudden this happened. If he wasn't there, he would have missed everything God just did. I want to be where God is, you know? I want to be in God's presence when God does something amazing. I want to be right there, you know? I've seen some pretty amazing things, some some awesome camp meetings. I've seen some pretty awesome things. Uh, seeing a person get saved, there's nothing better than seeing a person get saved. That's that's wonderful. We saw it at camp this year. That was that was awesome. And I'll never, I'll never forget that. That is amazing. But if I were not going to camp this year, if I would have put work first, I would have missed that. He still got saved, but I wouldn't have seen that. I don't got to experience that with, with, uh, with the Jordan here, but I was there. And I never will miss what God has done for me in my life and the way he does other people's lives. So staying in God's time, staying in his way, and not straying off, and not doing your own thing, that's how we'll see the glory and power of God. And third thing tonight with, with Elisha is I, I put here his face. Or his, I'm sorry. He tested his faith. How do I say that? The first thing I see is in verse number verse number 6 in chapter 2. 
And Elijah said to him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, liveth, and as I so liveth, I will not leave thee. And the two went on. So he was testing on where to be. I kind of mentioned a minute ago. I'm going to hit it briefly here. And they too went on. I will not leave thee. I think here that when the third time, maybe Elijah, maybe he, maybe he knew Elijah was going to leave him. But when he says it again, you know, like, okay, I'm stay here. I'm going to go. And Elijah's like, no, I'm not leaving you. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be by your side without anything, without any shadow of doubt. I'm going to go with you all the ways. I think Elijah's like, all right, you go. You pass the test. Come on. All right. Elisha or Elijah already left one servant behind, right? And now he says the same thing to Elisha. But Elisha's like, "I'm not leaving you tonight. Our 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 our, our want to or where we're going to be is going to be tested. We're going to be presented with opportunities to be somewhere else. Like we have, the Lord will always be there for us. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. I think Brother uh, Miss Stacey said on Friday night. She mentioned how when we're far away from God, God's not the one that moves. We're the one that moves. So we're going to be tested where to be. Our job can pull us away from church. Our family can pull us away from church, but the most important thing is to let that not hinder our worship or our our our, um, our want to come to the house of God. Because we're going to be tested. I, I've I've missed many church services because of work. I get some away and I, I don't can't get out of work in time. And I miss church I, when I can't come to church, but I don't want to make that an excuse. So when God when God presents opportunity for you to choose this or this, are we going to choose things of God? Or are we going to choose other things? Well, well I, I just don't want to be. That person who always puts things before God because I want him to always be first in my life. So when God tests you tonight, you know, always go back to, well, I can either follow this path or follow God's path. I pray we all can choose God's path tonight. All choose God's path. And Elijah, he's tested where he's going to be. He says, all right, fine. Well, come on then. And they two went on. And then he was tested on what he wanted. In uh, verse number nine, uh, it says, and it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee that a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Here's Elisha saying, he could ask for anything you wanted. He's like, I want, I want what you have. I want that spirit of God. Elisha saw how real it is, and he wanted that. And so when I say he was tested for what he wanted, when he said, ask what you want, he said that right there, I want your spirit, I want God's spirit. Tonight, we have an opportunity to either draw closer to God's word, draw closer to prayer, draw closer to God, or have things in this world. We're going to be tested. Tonight, when you go home, you can either flip the TV on, or you can pray, read God's word, spend time with your family. We're going to do all these things tonight, but we're going to have a test between one or the other, and I hope we can all choose you know, the right things, the, the, the things of the Lord, because God's he's pleased with uh, with our, our, our obedience, he's pleased with our want to and our service. And so, when we are tested, ask God to for help, ask God for strength, ask God to lead you in the right direction. Because when we're tested for what we wanted, it's very easy to say, "I'd rather have this instead of that." Elisha knew what he wanted. He wanted the power of God. I want the power of God in my life. I want more of God in my life. And the third thing is, he was tested on what he asked for. So we just heard what he asked for. He won the spirit, the old portion. And in verse 14, it says, And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he, had also, when he also had smitten the waters, they parted, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. 
We just saw what he asked for, right? And we just saw the miracles that God just did, that God just took up Elijah in the whirlwind. We saw earlier how Elijah, he smote the waters, and the waters went apart, and they went across in dry lands. So here's, this is, what, this, is, this is what I believe Elisha is doing here. He just saw all of that, right? He picks up the mantle. He walks down on the water. He just saw amazing things. He has Elijah's mantle in his hand. And he's sitting there. He's like, I'm all alone now. Now, he was with Elijah. They were very close. You know, he loved him. And now there's nobody around him. It's just him by himself with Elijah's mantle by the water. I can't imagine what he's going through because now, Elijah, was, he's a great prophet. There's many things Elijah did. He's all through the scriptures. These are big shoes for Elijah to fill. These are uh, uh, monstrous things he's about to come in contact with because people see him going with Elijah and coming back by, by, by himself with a mantle of Elijah. Can you imagine the fear he had in his heart? Like, oh my goodness, how am I going to live up these expectations? How can I do all these wonderful things? And here he is standing by the water that, 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 that just split because Elijah, he hit the water with his mantle and it split up. And here's Elijah standing here, and he's like, all right, you know, I saw what Elijah said to see. If I see it, I'll have that spirit. So I saw it. I believe he had faith in knowing that he trusted in the word of Elijah. So I believe with all that, all that going on, he looks down there and says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Like, I, I can't do this on my own. I need your help, God. I can't do this. I'm by myself. I need you. And I believe, I believe, this is me, I believe the Holy Spirit, that God's like, I'm right here. The same God that was with Elijah, I'm that same God for you. The same God that did all the things for Elijah, I'm that same God for you tonight. And Elijah, Elisha, he smites the waters and the waters depart up and he walks across. My point here tonight is the same God that Elijah and Elisha served is the same God for each and one of us tonight. He's still on the throne. He's still in power. He done all those miracles and he has the power to, whatever you're going through tonight, he has the power to bring you up whatever issues you're facing, he has the power to bring you through. The same God that did all these wonderful things is the same God we serve. What a blessed assurance to know that our God never changes. He's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's the same tomorrow. If, whatever you're going through in life, we have that same God. We just got to believe, we got to have that hope and trust that God is that, he is there for us. And I believe that once Elisha, he, he knew that God was, he was right there with him, he goes on. And he lives for the Lord. He does many wonderful things, uh, things I can't get into tonight because time. But Elisha was, he was a, a wonderful, obedient servant. But he was okay with just, being, with just being obedient. He wanted to be more. He wanted the power of God in his life. It's okay to live an obedient life. That's what we should do. All of us should live an obedient life to the Lord. But what else can we do? What else are we asking God to let us do for him? That first servant, we don't know his name, right? He was there for a very short time, a few verses here and there, and he's gone. He was a good servant. He was obedient, but we don't know his name. Elisha, he was obedient, and he wanted more than just obedience, and we see his story. We all know Elisha. And lastly tonight, the third servant, a few pages over in chapter 5. Chapter 5. Verse 20 through 27. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared name in the Syrian, and not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. 
So Gehazi followed after Naaman, and, and Naaman saw him running after him. He lighted down from his chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master sent me, saying, Behold, even now there come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, Be content. Take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and laid them upon him his servants, and they bare them before him. And when he came to the tower, he took, he took them from their hand and bestowed them in the house. And he let the men go, and they departed. But he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha said to him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went no whither. And he said to him, Went not my heart with thee, when the man turned from his chariot to meet thee? This is the time to receive money, and to receive garments, and oliviers, and vineyards, and sheep, and oxen, and men servants, and maidservants. The leprosy, therefore, of Naaman shall cleave unto thee, and to thy seed forever. And he went out of his presence, a leper, as white as snow. So lastly night, we just talk a little bit about Gehazi. We got to, I mean, the Lord put in my heart to talk about him. I want to talk about just Elisha, but there's a reason why God had bring up uh, Gehazi here. We know his name, but not for the good reasons. We know his name because of what he did that was wrong, that was bad. The first servant, obedient, right? Don't know his name. Short time in the Bible and gone. Elisha, obedient, one of the power of God. We know his story. Gehazi, obedience, but also some other things that was not pleasing to the Lord. And we'll see you look into a little deeper here. And I'll, I'll go through this briefly. I, like I said, uh, I don't know why God had me bring in Gehazi, but there's a reason the Lord knows. So in verse 20, the first thing I see is his selfishness. It says, I will run after him. He had all he needed. He was a servant to Elisha. He saw amazing, wonderful things. God provided for their needs. He didn't need anything else. But because he was not content with what he had in the Lord, with what he had with Elisha, he saw what Naaman had, the silver and, and all, the, all the things of the world. He saw that instead. He's like, you know what? I, I want that. You know, I'm not content with what I have here. I want that. The selfishness in his heart, that's what got him to run away, to go to chase this man down. But not only did that, but he was sly in his words. The selfishness led to him going up and lying. And now think about Naaman. Naaman was just healed of, of leprosy. So Naaman's happy. He's like, I'll give the coat on my back. No, what do you need? I'm, I'm, I'm cured. I'm, 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 I'm happy, you know? And so I see Gehazi going up and taking advantage of Naaman, saying, listen, I have these two uh, prophets, some of the prophets coming down. They need some silver and garments. Will you give me them? And Naaman doesn't think anything about it. He's like, yes, here, take this. You know what? Take this too. You know, go back. You know, what else you need? What else you want? Being selfish in his desires not only hurt himself, but it hurt others. In verse 27, it says, and he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. Not just him, but his seed. Tonight, the selfishness in our hearts. And I'm not saying this to anyone here. All right. I'm just preaching what God's giving me tonight. The selfishness in our hearts can make us do and say things we never thought we could do or say because we see more than we never. I mean, sometimes sin blinds us. It blinds others. It blinds the world. You look at the world today. It's like, how can someone do that? They don't know any better. A sinner does what a sinner's going to do. Sin, the devil blinds their eyes from the truth. It blinds their eyes from sin. It's like, how can they do that? They do that because it's what they know. Gehazi, he saw the things of this world and he was not content with the things he had with God. So instead of seeing that, what he had already, he goes off, he lies to Naaman, he gets riches, 
He goes back. He lies to Elisha. He says, I didn't go anywhere. What are we talking about? I was right here. I didn't, I didn't go anywhere. And Elisha already knew that he went. If you have sin in your life, you can't hide it from God. Whatever it is in your heart tonight, don't even think about hiding it. The best thing you can do is when God puts his finger on it, to confess it to him right away. That way you can get it out in the open. Because if you hide it from him, it's going to be harder and harder and harder. Because God's going to make it hard on you. He's going to make it hard on you. And so Elisha, or um, Gehazi here, he lies to Elisha. And Elisha's like, all right, listen, because you've done these things, because you were not happy and, and content with what God's given us, because you wanted more of the world, because you lied to me, you and your seed are going to be cursed with leprosy. If there's sin in our lives tonight, not only does it hurt us, people love us, people pray for us. Like I said, I've not lived a perfect life. There's things in my life I'm not happy about, and it hurt. People love me. They pray for me. God's mercy kept me and has me here now. But I know I look back now, and I see what I did, and I see the heartache I caused my parents, caused my family. I see those things now. I, 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 know, I know even more. Take it from a guy who knows this. If you're doing something, it's not only hurting you. It's hurting people around you. It's hurting people who love you, praying about you, hurting your church. A lot, a lot of times, we want to be careful how we act in public all the time. We should be careful because if someone sees your uh, attendance to this church and you belong to this church and you act, uh, act wrong, like, well, you belong to that church. I ain't going to go to that church. You serve that God. I ain't going to serve that God. You never know who's watching. Not only that, but we should want to and desire to live a well-pleasing life to the Lord because he's changed us. He saved us. He did something no one else could do. How much more should we love to be more like him, to be more Christ-like? But Gehazi, he didn't. He had everything. He was with Elisha. He could have learned from Elisha. If Gehazi would have been obedient and been more like Elisha and asked to be with the power of God in his life instead of the world, who knows? Gehazi's story could have been like Elisha's. He could have had the power of God. We don't know. What I see in Gehazi's life is he saw more of the world and less of God. I encourage, I I plead with you tonight, get your eyes off the world, more on God, because God's wonderful. He's amazing. Y'all know this tonight. Y'all have kids tonight. I mean, I love seeing these kids here. Kids are amazing. Kids are wonderful. I don't have any yet, but kids are awesome. They, they see you living your life every single day. When they see you living more for the Lord, they know, I mean, like, you know, mom and dad, they love serving God. They love praying. They love reading the Bible. They love dressing right, talking right. They love that stuff. God must be worth it. Yeah, he's worth it. How much more, though, we're not doing those things. They're like, well, I guess God's not really that worth it. Mom and dad would rather go over here than go to church. Mom and dad would rather do this than read the Bible. It's small, but man, at that age, they'll look back on it and say, well, I guess it wasn't that important. We missed a lot of church services for little things. I encourage us all tonight. I plead with you all. Live for the Lord. Get your eyes off of this world. <laughs> look more towards Jesus. Because Gehazi, he was cursed with the leprosy and all of that. His whole entire seed. And sin leaves scars. And scars, the world may not see it. And if you're saved tonight, I mean, I don't know your scars, but you know them. God's forgiven them. God's washed away those sins, praise the Lord. But the devil, he a lot of times he comes up to me and he likes to bring up those scars, you know, and he reminds me of them. I'm like, you know, I go away, <laughs> leave me alone. And I, when he does that, I love, my mom told me a long time ago, it's like when the devil brings up the, the, the sins in your past, just remind him of his future, you know, because his future is a lake of fire. <laughs> a lot of times that helps and he goes away. <laughs> so when the devil brings up those scars in your life you have, you can't do anything about those. They're washed under the blood. But what you can do is teach your kids, teach your young ones, teach your family. Listen, I know I've been there. You guys are much older than I am here. You guys have done things much more than, I mean, you know more than I do. 
You have those scars probably that I don't have. You know what's right, what's not right. I am 31 years old. I, I've not lived a full life yet. Hope, praise the Lord. Hopefully I'll get a full life. What I do know is the scars that we carry can be hard. But I want to just do the kids there. Hey, guys, I mean, living for the Lord is amazing. Living for God is awesome. This right here, I never thought I'd be here. I never thought I'd be preaching here tonight on a Sunday night. I love sports. I love baseball. I played college. I played high school. I played lots of baseball. That was my downfall. College really got me messed up. It really, my whole passion was, was, was baseball. I loved it. And I got out of church. I got out of serving God. But what God did, though, he showed me how important he was and how amazing he was. Because baseball, it's just, it's temporary, you know. Playing baseball is great. But at the end of the day, it's not going to get you to heaven. Only one way to get you to heaven, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God is so real. It's so great. And whatever this, whatever this world offers you, it's not worth it. Live for the Lord. Stay in church. Read your Bible. Serve the Lord. Teach Sunday school. Pray for one another. You know, there's nothing, nothing greater than that. Nothing greater than that. And I encourage you all tonight, just live for the Lord because it's worth it. Although it's hard. It's hard sometimes. It's hard to live for the Lord. But when you see what he's doing for you, what he can do for you, it makes it so much easier. It makes it so much better. And I look back now and see my life in college and seeing the guys that I missed opportunities to witness to playing baseball. I saw a lot of guys. I saw them every day. We talked about God, but I wasn't living the way I should. I didn't witness the way I should because I'm not perfect. I'm no way to say before I'm perfect. But God's mercy and God's grace has me here right now encouraging and pleading to you to live for the Lord because he's worth it. He's so worth it. So tonight, with these three servants, that last servant, Gehazi, he could have had more. He could have had more. But he was not content with the things he had. Are we living a life where we're not content with what God's given us? The house of God. I'm content. <laughs> I love the house of God. I love the word of God. Gehazi was not. He wanted more. He wanted things of this world. If there's something distracting you, and there's a reason why you're not serving God more, get your eyes off the world. Put it more on Christ. Because he's worth it. Live for him. Stay for the truth. Stay the path. Be like Elisha. But not only be obedient. Ask what God can do for you. Ask what you can do for him. Say, God, what can you, what can you do for me to make you work, love you more, to serve you more? He's already done enough. But when he puts you in the, when he puts you in the fire, in the fire, as my dad used to say, when you put in the fire, you don't come out, sometimes you come out a little crisp, a little burnt, but you come out shinier, come out brighter. He's right there with you. He's right there through the fire. Those three Hebrew children, they went in the fire. There was four in there. All right. Three went in. There was four in there. How did that happen? Because God was right there with them the entire time. They in they came out they didn't smell like smoke they might have been prettier because the shire the, the fire kind of shined them up a little bit they kind of came out shine a little more shine a little brighter for god when you go through the fire tonight <laughs> it might be hot it might be smoky but guess what you're going to come out the other side because god is right there with you through that fire and you might shine brighter you don't know why you're in that fire but there's a reason why you're in that fire god's put you there god's placed you there for a reason to make him be honored and glorified and magnified. The whole reason we're here tonight is to honor him and glorify the Lord in our daily walk with Christ, every day at work, when you're walking through the stores, when you're walking at work, you're at the hospital, wherever you're at, 
your whole purpose in this life is to glorify and magnify the Father. How? By talking about Him, by witnessing about Him, by singing for Him. <laughs> Whatever you want to do in your life, witnessing is the one of the greatest and hardest things for me to do. But when I do it, I feel like a hundred times better because I know I just did what the Lord had me to do. I want to live an obedient life, but not only that, I want to do more. What more, God, can I do for you? You know, what more can I do for you? I'm scared to ask sometimes. Like, if I ask God for this, he might grant that request and I might have to do that, you know? <laughs> so it's like, if I ask for this, if he does do that, well, how am I going to go through that? How am I going to do it now? <laughs> He's given a chance to do it. Am I going to do it? So I ask you tonight, what kind of servant are you? Are you obedient? That's wonderful. That's great. That's awesome. Are you like Elisha? Are you obedient and you want a little more? You want more than just obedience? Are you like Gehazi? You were obedient, but you also, you saw more of the world. You weren't were not content with the life that God gave you. You weren't content with the family God gave you, the job God gave you. You were not content with what God gave you. And that gets in trouble because our eyes will get off of the word and get more in the world. And next thing you know, we're in a place we never thought we would be. And not only we're suffering, but others are suffering. Every head bowed, every eye closed. As it comes to music tonight, I don't know why God had me preach that message, but I know it's his will. There's a reason why. I pray that just each and every one of us can search our hearts tonight and find out what more we can do for the Lord. What more of a life we can live for him. Our Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for just another opportunity to preach your word. Thank you, God, for what you've done in my life. Thank you, Lord, for what you've shown me, what you've done for me, and just who you are to me. For just my Savior, Lord, my, my Master, my friend, my Father. I love you, Lord, more than anything in this world. I pray, God, you bless this invitation. Use it for your honor and for your glory. We love you. Thank you for loving us. We ask all these things in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Everything